What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you as we are each and every week breaking down the upcoming golf tournaments. And uh, we'll have to put a little lipstick on the pig this week uh, to make this one seem a little exciting with the, uh, the U.S. Open coming up next week and kind of a, uh, a bare spot on the calendar, a new event this week. Uh, so we will have to see, you know, uh, what we can do to make this uh, a little bit exciting after last week's pretty exciting finish at the Memorial with Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa going into a playoff and uh, and Cantlay pulling it out. So uh, we've got just a two-man booth here for you tonight. I am Justin Van Zuden. I will be hosting the show. Tambo is out tonight, so he should be back next week. Uh, but we've still got Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth with us. And uh, Noto, I was last week for you. Ended up being a pretty good week. Uh, I had zero John Rom, so uh, finally on the right side of the coin on that one. Um, just a crazy, crazy story. I mean, uh, you know, having him play the entire round and then telling him just right when he walks off the fringe on 18, he had a six-shot lead, um, looking like he was pretty much a shoe-in to win the tournament. I uh, got a feel for him. Um, kind of sucks. We still got a good finish, uh, which is always good. Um, you know, we got another playoff. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, Morikawa got a little unlucky, too. You know, we had a bunch of rain right before the playoff started. He hits the fairway on the second, uh, was the second playoff hole, I think. And then uh, he had a mud on his ball. Uh, it ended up just diving right into that bunker, unable to get it up and down. But uh, yeah, it helped me out. So uh, props to Patrick Cantlay. Uh, ended up being a decent week for me. How did you do? Yeah, it was okay. Um, not the best, but, uh, you know, I had some ROMs and it wouldn't have made a huge difference. Um the uh, I checked through my lineups at the end of the first round, and I had 55% of my lineups, I think, were at six of six at that time. Uh, and the field was at like 20. So I was feeling, you know, a lot of the chalk was above the cut line, but I was at about 55%. Uh, and the field was at 20. And I ended up, I can't remember how many lineups I did, 50 maybe. Uh, not a single six of six lineup after the second round was over. The second round was just absolutely brutal had a lot of guys in my player pool that missed the cup by one or two strokes. And, uh, and that was the difference for me. So uh, I had some Cantlay, I had some Rom, but uh, it seemed odd to me if they knew that Rom tested positive, why would they let him finish this third round? If you're not going to let him play in the final round, yeah, you know, from, even by himself, it just seemed odd. From what I heard, they wanted to, you know, double test it or whatever. Um, and then they didn't know until 20 minutes before he was done. But, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. You know, they told him in front of the cameras and, you know, right in front of everyone, just take him in the tunnel. He was like, you know, 20 yards away from it. So I uh, didn't think they handled it particularly well, but, uh, you know, Ron was all class. Um, saw what he put out on Twitter and Instagram. So I got to think, you know, he's going to be back for the U S open. He's not going to have much time to prepare. Um, you know, who knows what his home setup's like, but he is going to have to quarantine, I think he's going to be able to, you know, go to the course the day before it starts. So uh, he's going to be the favorite. Tory Pines is one there. Um, and maybe the golf gods will be, you know, shining on him a little brighter uh, at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty tough way to go out. It's not like you were six shots back. You were six shots ahead. Uh, and then to to have, you know, have it out of your control, it, you know, it is what it is. And um, and he knew he had a close contact with somebody who's close COVID positive. So you know, we don't need to get into the political debate about whether or not you should get the vaccine. And that's it, you know, his choice. And it sounds like he's gotten it now. But uh, 
a little too late to, you know, go back and change last week. And that's just, those are the rules. And uh, it, it sucks for Rom and anybody who, you know, had him on the rosters last week, but uh, those are the breaks that, uh, that happen sometimes. So a lot of the sports books did pay out winning bets on him just because he was ahead by so much as kind of a, uh, they certainly weren't required to do that, but a good faith gesture there. So if you had a Rom ticket, uh, you were, probably still okay on most sports books but uh, uh other than that it was you know it was kind of and we had talked about on the show last week that maybe the course would play a little bit uh in between where it had played two years two years ago plus and, and you know the year before where it played pretty easy and that's kind of about how it shook out uh when all was said and done a couple of easier scoring rounds on the weekend with the with not a lot of wind so uh, any other takeaways uh, from the event last week uh, for you yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, course history really a big deal um, when it comes to Muirfield Village. A lot of guys that, you know, Morikawa Mar had won there before, Cantley had won there before, Rahm had won there before, and they were uh, all in the top three. So something to keep in mind moving forward. Uh, Brandon Grace continues to play well. And then uh, Ricky Fowler, another strong finish. Um, I was a little bummed to see him not qualify for the U.S. Open. I think he was one shot um, out of getting into that playoff. But I did see uh, Phil Mickelson today. Um, he had the exemption into the U.S. Open, and he's uh, – He's wanting them to give it to Ricky. So uh, I don't know if they, you know, put that exemption into the, into the sectional qualifying or, or what they're doing with it, but uh, maybe there's still a small chance Ricky gets in. Yeah. And there are um, plenty of, uh, of talking points here that, you know, next week is the U S open. And I mentioned at the top, it's 3000 miles away at Torrey Pines. And you had a lot of these guys that went out and played 36 holes on Monday in these U S open qualifiers uh, so there are three, six, nine, 12, 15 players still in the field that did end up qualifying for the U.S. Open. Uh, and there could be some withdrawal risk there or uh, not caring too much risk. Uh, so Peter Malnati and Sung Kang have both already withdrawn as of the time we are taping this. So they are out. The other golfers who did qualify on Monday for the U.S. Open that would seemingly be at elevated risk. Um, you know, some lower level names and some that might get some ownership this week. So I'm just going to read that list uh, so that it's out there for the people to, uh, to, to digest. And then I'll get your thoughts on, uh, on how you're handling it. But here's the list. Patrick Rogers, Fabian Gomez, Chris Baker, Bo Hogue, Brian Stewart, John Huh, Sam Ryder, Ches Reby, JT Poston, Eric Van Royen, JJ Spawn, Robbie Shelton, Johnny Vegas, Martin Laird, and Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Uh, so those are the players who played 36 holes on Monday, qualified for the U.S. Open. They will have to travel west next week that are still officially, as of Tuesday night, listed in the field here for the Palmetto Championship uh, this week. And, and we'll get into the course and the event here in a second. But uh, just in general, your thoughts on how to handle those players that, uh, that might have qualified through that grueling qualifying tournament on Monday. Yeah, well, I'll definitely be watching, um, you know, the WD – WD list uh, up to Thursday, but I mean, half the field, I believe 77 golfers ended up trying to qualify. And uh, it's not like, you know, that name that you read off, it's not like these guys have like uh, the best status on tour right now. I mean, those are a lot of guys that are just trying to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, so I don't think, you know, they're going to, um, you know, have less motivation to play well. And uh, with half the field pretty much trying to qualify, I think um, I'm not, I'm not really doing anything with it. Um, if they're in the field, 
I think uh, if you like them, play them. Um, I just don't think we should overthink it. Far too often we do these, uh, you know, narrative-based decisions, and then uh, it just turns out you should just play the guys that you like. Yeah, just uh, keep an eye on that field headed into Thursday morning. I'm sure there might be some more withdrawals. There have already been a ton of field changes uh, for this event and uh, all told a pretty weak field uh, from from top to bottom here. So uh, let's go ahead and, and get ready to dig in. And, and this is a new event, the Palmetto Championship, uh, replacing the RBC Canadian Open uh, because the tour cannot go to Canada right now with the COVID travel restrictions. So we've got this event as a one-off new course, uh, in South Carolina, par 71, long yardage on the scorecard, but seems like it's probably not going to play quite that long. So uh, this is just a, it's an interesting kind of one-off event here the week before a major. So uh, we were talking about it just a little bit before we came on the show here, but your thoughts on uh, what the course is going to be like this week, what can we compare it to, and you know how do we expect it to play? Yeah, so it's Congaree Golf Club, you mentioned in South Carolina, par 71. 76.55 uh, yards on the scorecard, which seems very long. Um, and the course looks awesome. If you haven't looked at pictures of it uh, on the PGA Tour side or taken, you know, one of the virtual tours uh, of the things on, uh, I believe they have it on Golf Digest and YouTube. Um, it's a pretty cool course. Um, it kind of looks like Kiowa Island a little bit. Um, I've heard a lot of people compare it to Pinehurst number two and uh, also to the Australian Sandbelt courses um and royal melbourne and uh, those types of courses over there so um it is very linksy uh filled to it very open off the tee not a lot of rough not a lot of trees and a ton of uh sand areas you know kind of a waste bunker areas so um the fairway should be fairly easy to hit um guys that have played the course before i've heard a lot of quotes saying um yeah it doesn't play nearly as long as it says on the scorecard the fairways here are like concrete um and the greens are very firm and fast but there has been a lot of rain in the area um, you know, one of the golfers that lives in the area said, you know, uh, this, the greens are spinning a lot more than usual and you're not getting quite as much rollout on the fairways. So that's just something to keep in mind as we head towards Thursday, assuming there's no, you know, rain until then, I do think it'll probably play really firm and fast. The big question to me is how tough it's going to play. Um, typically they set it up a little bit easier the first time that we see the course, but, uh, this is a one-off event. So, uh, guys aren't coming back. So if they want to trick it up and uh, make it really difficult, on the golfers, I certainly wouldn't be surprised, but it uh, should be a fun course. Uh, I'm not putting too much thoughts into, you know, golf or course fit. I'm not looking at bombers or strictly short game guys. Um, I do think the European tour, you know, guys uh, will have a slight advantage in terms of, you know, they played a lot of these courses over on the European tour. And then, yeah, I mean, the field is just so weak that um, I don't really know what to do from a lineup construction standpoint. Got a couple of big names at the top and there doesn't seem a, to be a ton of separation from guys in the 6Ks and 7K range. So uh, perhaps it's a stars and scrubs type of week. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the course and lineup construction? Yeah, it's it's difficult to figure how it's going to play until we see it <clears throat> in action. I mean, I, I think that um, you're probably going to see it be a little bit challenging simply because if it is firm and fast and balls aren't, you know, aren't holding on the greens quite as much, uh, you know, they, the uh, course folks have come out and said that they want to place a priority on, you know, guys who can chip and scramble. So um, I, I, that makes it seem like it's not going to be one of these 25 under events, but you know, these PGA tour golfers are so good now that uh, it's just, it's tough to say uh, until we see it for a round or two, uh, how it's going to play in action as far as lineup construction goes. Yeah. I, I think stars and scrubsy is, is perfectly fine. I mean, 
because the, 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 the value is so weak. I mean, even in the seven Ks uh, it gets a little bit ugly. So why not go for a little bit more win equity at the top? So I probably will lean a little more stars and scrubs. The problem is all of the stars are like guys who you would worry about the most because of next week or, you know, DJ and Kepka at the top who both have injury concerns on top of the, you know, next week. So uh, it, it makes it a real challenge as far as lineup construction. And, you know, we could probably uh, obviously stalling a little bit here off the top because we can probably get through the whole field in about 15 minutes, particularly without Tambo here, who's not going to give us, you know, some, some of his off the wall value plays this week. So it, it's just, it's really tough. I mean, you're going to be able to go through the six and seven K range uh, in a hurry because of all the replay. I mean, all the replacements we're already down to like the ninth or 10th alternate in field changes right now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a challenge for sure. What's your prediction for the 66% this week? Well, see, it is 156 golfer field. Uh, so it's naturally harder to get six to six. Um, you're probably going to see somebody that's somewhat popular, get off to a bad start and say, I'm going to head out to Tory early. Uh, there's <sighs> going to be somebody that withdraws, you know, oh, yeah. it's plus five through <laughs> 10 holes or something. Um and there's probably going to be a couple chalky guys that maybe they're just working on things, trying things, you know, uh, I think it's going to be pretty low this week. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, let's see, I'll throw 4% out there. Oh, I like it. Um, yeah, we've had a really chalky six to six last couple of weeks. So uh, I like the week. So at least Except when for I my have... zero last week, that yeah. wasn't very good. <laughs> you brought the average down um, <laughs> this week, you'll bring it up. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty low and uh, it's a good week to be contrarian because number one, we don't know, the golf course and uh we kind of similar to that event in texas that we had a couple weeks ago uh 18th byron nelson i think everyone's just kind of grabbing on to narratives like guys that live in the area guys have said they've played the course once or twice um and so just random guys get chalky we don't really know how it's going to play uh, it's just a good week to be contrarian overall i think yeah it's uh, definitely a good point uh this week with uh, the uncertainty and uh, and the new course and all that that goes along with it. So uh, we can go ahead and start digging in, I guess, in the, uh, the, the, the top uh, range I mentioned, you've got Dustin Johnson and, and Brooks Kepka, who obviously have the most track record of anybody in this field. Uh, and then we got Matt Fitzpatrick and Terrell Hatton, which a only four golfers above 10 K on DraftKings, which is different than normal. Usually we've got six, maybe, uh, or one right at 10K. And then, so we've only got four this week. Uh, we mentioned that stars and scrubs might be a little more viable. Uh, our ownership on these golfers is pretty high just because uh, of a lot of people taking that narrative and the fact that we've only got four guys here as opposed to five or six. So um, I guess let's start with, you mentioned possibly liking the, the guys with experience on the Euro Tour, uh, all four of them really, DJ and Kepka even have some experience over there. Obviously, Fitzpatrick and Hatton do. Uh, but what do you make of, of DJ and Kepka? you know, both guys that have been injured over the last few months, not uh, really hiding it either, and, uh, and the week before a major? Yeah, so DJ's form, obviously a big concern. Uh, hasn't been great. Um, it's really been his irons and his around the green that uh, haven't been popping recently. But from South Carolina, obviously, um, you know, the best, uh, most talented golfer in the field. Uh, he's going to be pretty popular, it looks like. But uh, I looked at his, you know, some of his results the week before majors. 
has a couple of wins. He has uh, quite a few withdraws, um, mm-hmm. some before the event, some during the event, um, which is always worrisome. And then he's got some miscuts in there too. So uh, very hit or miss, um, you know, results right before majors. And then, yeah, Brooks, he actually plays really well before the majors. I think he has, you know, three or four top five finishes in his last six starts, something like that. Um, three second place finishes, I want to say. A couple of the St. Jude um, obviously played great at the PGA Championship. We got the the Brooks and Bryson beef going on. So maybe he's got a little bit uh, more motivation. I think for MME, I'm going to try to get overweight on all four of these guys. I mentioned the Stars and Scrubs approach. Um, and if you look at the the Vegas odds, their implied total for the top four guys is uh, to win the event is 40%. So that's pretty high. That's pretty high. Um, obviously, those are juiced a little bit. I think usually when you add it all up, there's like 150%, you know, win win ec- or yeah win equity just because that's the juice that they're taking on their bets but um that's pretty high um so i like all four of them you know fits and hat and you got the euro tour um and they obviously got really good short games uh fits second in this field strokes game putting 21st around the green hadn't really good with the irons um hits a ton of fairways so yeah i like all of them if i'm playing one of them i think i'm gonna go with fits we currently has the lowest projection of the four and he's been playing great up till last week just missed a cut on the number um so not too worried about that uh, somebody in the chat mentioned your hat and I can't tell in our uh, little window here, what you got on for a hat. Uh, it's a Travis Matthew hat, golf All right. hat. All right. Well, there you go. Um, you got a shout out from <laughs> Carmen in the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you talk about the win equity of those guys. It, that's a big number and four golfers, uh, having a 40% ish plus win equity, uh, and people are going to be worried about DJ. They're going to be worried about Brooks. And, you know, the issue with fading them here is it's, it's such a weak field that, you know, they could bring their B game and still contend uh, or even maybe their C game. So um, I, I like, I think Hatton probably has the best combination of safety and upside, you know, he's not going to pack it in. That's not his nature. He's, you know, go out and, and give it his all every time he's out there. So, uh, but ownership, you know, correlates to that as well. He's probably going to be the highest owned guy in the field. So I do like Hatton um, and we'll probably have exposure, you know, to most of them. Brooks worries me a little bit with the, you know, with the injury. Um, so might stay away there, but uh, I don't mind getting some exposure to the others. Your boy yeah. Harris English is back at 9,900 <laughs> this week. I was going to say part of the reason why I like the 10 K golfer so much is everyone in the nines just feels, I don't know. It doesn't feel great clicking any of their names. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's naturally a function of these weaker fields. Um, the nine K range, the eight K range, they're going to feel overpriced simply because the sites have to fill them up. So yeah. Like DJ is going to be this price in any field. Right. Um, and everyone else is just like 20, 25% more expensive than usual. Yeah, I mean, you got English hasn't been playing as well over the last couple months. Sung J.M. seems to miss the cut on the number every week, including last week uh, where he was in the top 10 after the first round and contributed to my zero six to six lineups by tanking on uh, Friday afternoon and uh, and missing the cut by one uh, for, I believe, the second event in a row. But he's had a lot of miscuts on the number or, or by two over the last couple of months. So the form not necessarily as bad as his results may look. Um, you know, Fleetwood, we haven't seen as much success from him on the, uh, on us soil. Uh, and it looks like Poulter and, uh, and Pat and Kazire are going to be somewhat popular as well. And then there's the Euro tour name that has been uh, Twitter darling over the last few months and Garrick Higo, no discount on him at nine K. Uh, I do like him. 
but uh, he's not cheap. So if he was like seven something, he'd be the most popular play of the week. So uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough to completely endorse any of these guys. I'll probably let myself get burned by Sung Jay yet again because he seems so close. Uh, but what are you looking at in here? Yeah, I think I'm out on uh, Harris English for now. Um, I played him for, you know, two years straight. So uh, I think I can take a break here. He's lost strokes ball striking in six of his last eight uh, events, which doesn't feel great. Uh, I like the Sung Jay pick um, quite a bit. He loves Bermuda greens. We always talk about that. And if you want to use the Royal Melbourne comp, um, you know, the President's Cup 2019 was played there. He was awesome uh, at that President's Cup. So like getting back on Sung Jay, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, you mentioned the middling finishes here in America, but uh, more of a Euro tour type of course. So I'll have some Fleetwood. Uh, you can kind of make the same uh, argument for Ian Poulter. He's been playing a little bit better recently, finally gained some strokes with the irons. It is a Ryder Cup year. He's going to have to make a, a really strong push if he wants to make the team. Uh, so, yeah, give me uh, Sungjae and uh, the Euros here. I'm not going to play Kazire. Just feels a little uh, overpriced for me. You can get into some real trouble if you, uh, you know, spray it here. And he is not very accurate off the tee. So even though the fairways are wide, um, I do think he can get in some trouble here. And Higo, yeah, uh, I want to play him. Uh, he's very long off the tee. He's the best putter on the European Tour right now. Um, he did make the cut at the PGA Championship. So I don't love the price point, but um, ownership's not too bad. Um, so he's kind of a give and take there. Yeah, I mean, when you consider that Alex Noren is 99 or 8,900 and Keith Mitchell is 8,800, uh, and we've been playing Mitchell in like the 6Ks for a year, <laughs> uh, he's 8,800, and he's going to be like double-digit percentage owned, uh, options are a little thin. So I, I don't mind Higo at, at 9K. Um, I really don't love a whole lot in the 8K range. Uh, Glover's been playing some pretty good golf. Varner, uh, statistically, Varner stands out, and I'm shocked that he's only 8,500 in this field. And then it cor correlates to the odds. I think his odds are a little longer than I would have expected to. Um, and we're going to get down once we get to the bottom end of this 8K range. Uh, we start to get down into the golfers that qualified for the U.S. Open, so we'll have to send out a reminder on those. But uh, Varner feels like the chalk in here, hard to ignore him at 8,500. Uh, but your thoughts on on this range? Yeah, Glover and Varner are probably going to be very popular. Glover said he's played the course before, um, so naturally that's going to boost his ownership by 5 to 10% this week. Uh, and he's been in pretty good form. Um, and again, I just think it's a good week to be contrarian. I'll probably be underweight on Glover. Uh, Varner continues to play well, never seems to pop when he's chalky for whatever reason, but uh, the stats all line up. Um, he was on the subpar uh, podcast this week, and he's a character, man. Um, if you don't, if you want to listen to that, um, it's a good time. So uh, I don't mind the chalk there, but uh, Keith Mitchell is actually a member at this course. You know, a lot of people are talking about Glover playing it and a couple other guys, but uh, apparently Mitchell is a member. I haven't heard that uh, narrative out there as much this week. I know he's 8,800. Uh, my model absolutely hates him. Uh, 52nd ranked golfer in my model for the week. So uh, he's overpriced for sure, but uh, I'll have some shares. And then uh, I like the Nor I like Norn, um, top 25s in four of his last five events. So don't mind looking um, to him. Snedeker's playing a little bit better. I think Vegas is going to be pretty popular if people, you know, play the bomber narrative. He is one of the better guys off the tee. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Russell Knox is 8,200. What are we doing here? <laughs> I am out. I'll tell you, I'm out on, uh, on Vegas this week. Um, he not only qualified in the U S open qualifier, he was in the qualifier that got the 
delayed by weather and did not even finish till today, Tuesday. Uh, and then, uh, and then it went to a five for four playoff. Uh, so he's played a lot of, a lot of golf in a short period of time. That worries me with, uh, with him at 8,300, uh, especially given his general volatility anyway. Um, I, I got to circle back to this cause I, I don't want, I don't want our friend uh, Jeff in the chat to miss out, but I, I've never seen this before. Uh, so I'm going to throw our guest, the golfer, uh, game out there now and, uh, guess the golfer favorite punt value of the week, uh, that Noto brought up before the show, 2% owned under 2% owned. Nobody's going to play him. Uh, but we've, uh, we've already had a question about him, and then that, that just amazes me. So we're going to give away that free week of Roto grinders premium now. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, double dip later and then give out another prize or something, but, uh, um, uh, Guess the golfer favorite uh, punt value this week, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get back into it here. But uh, just uh, amazed that I saw the name uh, already. So, yeah, Knox is eighty two hundred. What are we doing here? And he's going to be like owned to some degree, which is is just strange. Um, that's why I'm gonna sit, like even in my player pool, I am <clears throat> I'm gonna have you know maybe two guys from the eight Ks, and that's about it. Maybe three. Uh, but I can't play Mitchell at that price. You know, Norin is going to be somewhat chalky. Uh, I can't fade Varner, but I, I just don't, I don't like a lot in here. I mean, you look at guys like Redmond uh, that, uh, that, that haven't been playing well. So I, anything else above 8,000? Uh, I mean, Knox has gained on approach in nine straight. I'll probably have a little bit, um, definitely overpriced, but so was everyone else. Scott Stallings rates out decently well for me. Um, he's been pretty good, top 10 in this field on approach. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty ugly uh, 8K range. Um, <laughs> Wes Bearden in the chat said, John Rollins is showing up top 15 in his model. Um, I think your model's broken, not to be rude. Uh, he's missed 10 cuts in a row, and uh, I think he is just doing the PJ Tour live coverage um, at this point. So uh, he hasn't even played, you know, very much recently. So I wouldn't be playing some John Rollins, but um, it is a weak field, so uh, you never know. <laughs> it's just so strange. Like, guys at the bottom, when you when you start – one guy was like the ninth alternate, probably had no thought that he would get in and then <laughs> decline the spot once he made it. And uh, it's just – it's been a brutal week for trying to keep up with the projections and making sure we got yeah. the right names and lineup HQ. And um, it's, we're, we're still, we're good as of now, but uh, <laughs> there could still, it wouldn't shock me if there's three or four more changes on Wednesday. So where's the Panda? We need the Panda. <laughs> Norman Zhang is going to be back. Yeah, these are the type of events where weird stuff happens. Like Roger Sloan is going to win this week and uh and you know nobody would be surprised it's just that's what happens here but all right i digress a little bit um again vegas is one of the guys that qualified for the u.s open martin laird cabrera, cabrera bello uh, jt post and those are some guys in the higher end of the 7k range that qualified that may have some risk uh vincent whaley has been the chalk du jour value the last couple weeks and probably will be again because for some reason he's 7,700 when other guys that are playing as well as he is are in the eight K's because of their form. So hard to ignore uh, Whaley at, uh, at 7,700 uh, based on your ratings in our uh, uh, lineup HQ uh, tools here. It looks like uh, Pat Perez is one that you're on in the seven K's. What are you uh, looking at here? Yeah. Uh, another range. I'm not sure what to do. Vincent Whaley. I have yet to play him. Um, he's just been awesome. Nine straight top 40 finishes. 
Um, do you think he's like on his way up and uh, we're going to see more out of him or is this like the ceiling and then he's going to come back down to earth? Cause he's who's, a guy that none of us had heard of a couple months ago. Who's that? Vincent Whaley. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's, it's tough to say because it's not like his finishes have been like 65th and then fourth and then, you know, 71st, like he's been consistent 20th, 26th, 26th, 29th. I mean, it's, it's not great finishes, but they're, they're all like top forties. So, you know, I, I think he could be one of those, he could be one of those like Charles Howell types that plays a lot and gets a lot of top 25s and doesn't win a whole lot. And I mean, I'm sure 99.9% of golfers would take Charles Howell's career. Uh, Not that I'm saying that he's going to be, but you know, reasonable type of comp based on the way he's been finishing tournaments. So uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it, we haven't seen the upside. He's not getting top 10. So I, I don't think we've got a, a star here by any means, but you know, he's done enough at this point to where we, we got to consider him a cup maker, particularly in a field like this one. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, this will be the first we got planned. So uh, just heads up for anyone out there. Uh, he's sure to miss the cut now. Um, so I do like him. I like Pat Perez. He's made four straight cuts. He's gaining on approach and all of them. I think RCB is interesting. Um, if you look at form over the last couple of years, he's not going to really pop in your model. The stats don't look all that good, but uh, three straight top 40s. He's a guy on the Euro Tour that has been very consistent for very long. Um, so I like him quite a bit. You mentioned he did qualify for next week, but I'm not too worried about that. I think Neesmith's uh, a good pivot in this range if you do want to get off of uh, Whaley Chalk. Um, he's from South Carolina. Um, his irons have been very good. He's gained on approach in 11 of his last 13. He's number one in my model in greens and regulation in this field. So, um, you know, hopefully he knows uh, something about the course, at least. Luke List, um, he's popular just for one little narrative. He does hold the course record here. So um, that is naturally bumping his ownership up. And uh, he's been good to the green in his last, uh, you know, last couple months. So I don't hate him, but um, just these random little narratives are just leading to such high ownership that I, I, I hate it. I do like Ben Martin quite a bit. Uh, he's been uh, really good ball striking over the last couple months. Good on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, top 35s and four of his last PGA Tour starts. So um, he's a guy I look to in this range. That's about it for me. Yeah, I like Ben Martin as well. I put him in my article this week. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's at about. Uh, we've got him in the the low teens in ownership. Vaughn Taylor had a pretty good showing last week at the Memorial. Faded a bit on Sunday, but still a top 15 finish for him. Um, or top 20 finish rather. Uh, and, you know, he's missed more cuts than he's made this year, but uh, he was injured for a while. So, you know, if you're looking for the old cut making type, uh, don't necessarily hate him. Mainly because there's just not a lot to love as we start to get into the value range. But, you know, if you've got some conviction on a guy down here, don't be afraid to take a chance and don't be worried about the ownership not being there because, you know, it's just going to be so spread out down here that, you know, I saw somebody in chat say they're on Duffner, um, you know, it scares them. Well, frankly, anybody that you're rostering down here is going to scare you a little bit. I mean, uh, Van Ruyen, Bo Hogue, uh, let's see, I'm trying to look for some of the other guys that qualified for the U.S. Open. And I mentioned the list at the beginning of the show. Um, so you can go back and, and check that out. Or I also put it in my GPP article on Roto-Grinders. If you are a premium subscriber or you want to be, check it out. Uh, we can uh, hook you up and uh, Roto Grinders Premium. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. You know, we got uh, we got all the sports in action, and we've kind of 
changed up our premium offerings to where you can do single sport. You can pick the sports you want, or you can do the combo package that includes everything except uh, NASCAR. So uh, Devin can pop the link in the chat. If you are interested, you can check it out and get $10 off your first month of uh, single sport premium or the combo package. Uh, yeah. So we get down to the bottom end of the seven K range here on DraftKings, And like, there's nobody really cracking double digit ownership. Uh, Satoshi Kadara is at 9% right now. And I read the narrative on him this morning and now I forget it. What's the narrative on Kadara? Uh, I don't know if there's narrative, but he does have back-to-back top 15s. Shoot. I think I read. Yeah. I mean, the form is decent. I think I read something on him though. And now I don't remember. Um, anyway, I know, uh, he got the old Pat Mayo bump this week too. So, uh, somebody in the chat might know, I I know there was a narrative on him, but, uh, anyway, recent form is good. Got the Mayo bump. Uh, so that's why he's somewhat chalky. Everybody else in here, you're looking at like pick whoever he wants four five, 6% guys. You know, yeah. Adam Shank was the guy that could make you a cut and get you 50th for the longest time. <laughs> like, do you love anybody in here? Uh, I don't mind Shank. He does make a lot of birdies. So uh, the upside from a uh, placement finishing position point uh, isn't too high, but he does make a lot of birdies. Typically outscores uh, his finishing position. I like Seamus Power quite a bit. I'm, I'm a little bummed he's, uh, you know, got 12% ownership right now. Um, you know, I did five different comp courses. I did Kiwa, Harbortown, Quail Hollow, Sedgefield, and TPC Southwind, um, either, you know, the same Bermuda Greens or uh, South Carolina courses. And he's like number two in this field. He's also coming off of a top 10. So I don't mind looking at him. Um, other guys, David Lipsky's a name. Um, you know, he's played on the European tour for a long time. Um, he's an American guy that uh, has been playing over there for years and then uh, recently went over on the Corn Ferry Tour. He won, got a couple of runner-ups. Now he's got his PGA Tour card. So uh, I'm excited for him uh, to see him on the PGA Tour. I'll have some shares of him this week. Uh, other guys currently in my player pool, Bronson Burgoon. He's made eight of 10 cuts with a couple top 15 finishes. Uh, Piercy's a big name um, that can, you know, ball strike well. Then at the very bottom, uh, you mentioned Roger Sloan uh, winning, and uh, I thought honestly wouldn't surprise me. He's been uh, pretty good recently. Doesn't really have a major weakness. He can gain strokes in uh, all facets of his game. So I like that call. Yeah, he's going to win. Uh, we saw we had them both ranked pretty high in the value rankings. So these are the types of events uh, that uh, that he can do well uh, in. And, you know, since Tambo isn't here, I had to represent uh, hashtag Team Canada for us this week. So there you go, Roger Sloan. Uh, he's 7K, 3% ownership, all aboard. So, um, all right. Well, we're kind of getting down towards the value range here. Uh, I mentioned the, uh, the I guess, the golfer uh, earlier in the show, uh, and we got some local connections here and, uh, and a little bit of a narrative there, and uh, somebody in chat was asking about him. So I'll let you talk about him first, Noto, and then we will uh, come back, circle back to the other value options. So your thoughts on our – play du jour this week yeah so everyone's talking about the amateurs that uh just turned pro john pock and davis thompson uh i think they're both going to be fairly popular i think they're both pretty strong plays from a dfs perspective i mean we saw what you know hovland and morikawa and wolf were all able to do um in some of their first starts so um i will be playing them but one of the guys that's going to go uh under the radar is bryson nimmer um he's actually played five or six events on the pga tour he has a couple of top 30s 
in a row. I think one was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Grew up in the area, says he's played it six or seven times. Um, so he knows at least the lay of the land, if you will. 6,300, less than 1% ownership. Um, yeah, I'll have uh, a few shares at least. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt to get a little speculative with some of the players in this range simply because, you know, a lot of the uh, the old guard, the veterans just aren't uh, high upside options in this price range. Um, you know, it, it, you got the, some guys that qualified for the U.S. Open like Ha and, and uh, Reeve. I do like Hank Lebiota a lot. I was kind of surprised when I looked. I said I, he was going to be our guest, the golfer answer. Um, and then, you know, I noticed that he was the most popular player under 7K at about 10 to 12% ownership. So uh, I do like Lebiota a lot. I think he's underpriced, uh, but he's not going to be as sneaky as some of the other options in the 6K range. So Pac uh, also generating some ownership here. Uh, again, everybody looking for any reason they can to play somebody down in this range. But, uh, you know, you get under 6,500, it gets really really ugly in a hurry so are there uh, are there others that you might keep in an mme pool i mean i struggle outside of those three or four names that we've already mentioned um yeah you know, a couple others uh kramer hickok i think somebody brought him up in the chat he's been a bermuda specialist uh and off the tee approach around the green have all been solid in his last three starts so i'll have him in the player pool andrew putnam uh one of the best short games in the field he's pretty good on approach so if you don't need distance off the tee i think he could be interesting he randomly pops for a lot of top tens too so more upside than a lot of the guys here uh you mentioned lebiota i got him in there um luke donald is the name that uh, pat pat mayo brought up he's gained 13 strokes on approach his last three events he's always been very good out of the sand uh can i interest you in luke donald (laughs) <laughs> no uh I, I mean i suppose i can i can be a proper sales pitch uh, give me a used car salesman that could probably sell me on anybody in the field uh doesn't take much i i can't play him now i don't know yeah i don't, I don't know either i'm uh stalling to Chase Cypher. I don't mind him, but I've always kind of been a sucker for him all spring. So might as well play some of him in the, in the weak field. So he'll probably be in the player pool, uh, but that's not based on stats. That's just based on uh, trying to, to make some back with him. So uh, if the event was being held in, you know, our annual Puerto Rico stop or the events that compost always plays well, <laughs> heck this could be the event who knows compost going to get a top 10 and then uh, carry it on for a couple, couple weeks. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's ugly down here looking at, uh, I'm looking at your model ratings to see who happens to, to pop. And there's really not how much there's nobody with a noto rating above 60 under, under six K or under six K under seven K. Um, let's see who's got the highest. Guys like Wes Roach, Josh Teeter, and Johnny Huh at 60. Um, boy, that's those five uh, or those three combined have missed, I think, six or sorry, 12 straight cuts in a row. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's the value in uh, 60 seconds right there this week. What happened to Ches Reeve? What do you mean? Meaning six, like 6,800 in this field, and we don't want to play him. No, I mean, he shot, well, he shot like 
really good. I think he won that big Columbus U.S. Open qualifier where 16 guys got in. I think he won that. So I don't know now if it's just uh, people are scared because of the U.S. Open qualification. I, I mean, our buddy Wiley on Twitter uh, that joined us a few weeks ago said, Chez under 7K, Father's Day came early. Uh, so he likes Chez. I don't mind it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I really don't at 6,800 in this field, you know, nervous about his U S open qualification or not. I mean, he could play better with, with his B or C game than a lot of these other values. So not that he's great this, you know, he's been great, but heck winning the U S open qualifier, the most loaded one uh, with a lot of big names, you know, that counts for something. So I don't mind it. All right. Well, that's it on my end. That's it. That's it. We've drug it out as long as we can drag it out uh, with two of us in this, uh, this absolutely woeful field of the Palmetto championship. Uh, let's see, scroll through the chat here. Uh, some, some comments about many people happy that would be happy to take uh, the career of Charles Howell can get on board with that. Gligich. Oh, that's, uh, that's Tambo's uh, lock of the week uh, to bring home the Canada narrative uh let's see tambo likes chess tambo is uh is here in spirit uh via the chat so <laughs> chess is older than old and uh, no bueno these days he's playing against kids so there's a chance that's what wes says in the uh, in the chat so look if you like i said earlier if you like a value play don't hesitate to uh, to to go with it uh, and stick to it. I mean, if you get that 2% own value that finishes 15th, um, you know, that's, uh, that's going to give you huge leverage on the field. So again, for those of you that missed it, the players who qualified for the U S open that are still in the field this week, Patrick Rogers, Fabian Gomez, Chris Baker, Bohog, Brian Stewart, John Huh, Sam Ryder, Chez Reavy, JT Poston, Eric Van Royen, JJ Spawn, Robbie Shelton, Johnny Vegas, Martin Laird and Rafa Cabrera Bello. Those are the players that are still officially listed in this week's field that have recently qualified for the U S open in the 36 hole Monday. And in one case going into Tuesday qualifiers. So um, be a little bit nervous about those players. If you are at least trusting them with a lot of, a, a lot of lineups. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. We've almost made it to about 45 minutes. I'll consider that a victory. Uh, with the uh, the nature of this field so again check out our roto grinders premium content uh, happy to have you join get 10 bucks off your first month of single sport or combo premium package check out the link that uh, Devin dropped in the chat earlier uh, tambo will be back tomorrow night uh, going through lineup hq uh, with whoever the lucky short straw winner is that you this week no did you draw the short straw get and do the uh, i get a u.s open next week all right all right so uh, it's, uh, it's not me. I did last week. So, uh, it's one of the other two guests, uh, that we rotate through that, uh, that, that drew the straw, uh, for this week to do this tournament, but, uh, that's okay. It's always a fun show breaking down all our lineup HQ tools. So get yourself that uh, premium subscription and check that out. But otherwise we will be back here. Same time, same place next week for the U S open at Torrey Pine. Surely more to talk about then, uh, in what will be a much stronger field and the next major of the season. So, for next week, or for until next week, for Noto and our producer Devin and Tambo in spirit in the chat. I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody, and good luck.